Hi, and welcome to Storytime with Rabbi Yitzhiers. Hi, everyone. I am your host, Rabbi Yitzhiers, together with... Me, Yossi, his sidekick! Yay! To send much-needed donations to JRoot Radio, the address is JRoot Radio, 2829 Nostrand Avenue, Brooklyn, New York, 11229. 2829 Nostrand Avenue, Brooklyn, New York, 11229. Uh, j Radio can be found on Naki Radio, and it also can be found on j And at 712-432-2444. And that also, you can call in at 718-506-9099. And you could uh, also follow the archives by following the menu at the end of the show if you would like to call in to tell us what you learned. So the number is 718-683-5858. Of course, uh, if you would like to text in for information about how to sponsor a program or to advertise, the number to text in is 347-927-8398. Also, if you would like to text in a story suggestion with all its details, the number to text in is 347-927-8398. If you are interested in hiring Rabbi Yitzhak for either live storytelling or storytelling on Zoom, uh, and or if you want to hire Rabbi Yitzhak to do his famous Kayach from the Moyach show, or, or, you know, uh, or you're interested in information on how to learn martial arts lessons or Qigong energy exercises, or if you're interested in art lessons or anything of that nature, you know, uh, for more information, call 718-375-1294. The number again is 718-375-1294. Rabbi Yitzhak's CDs are in most stores, and if you have a CD that is not in the store, you can call the 718 number 375-1294 to ask for uh, the current list to be faxed or uh, emailed. Rabbi Yitzhak's books are also on sale in stores also at your local farmer's store. Okay, hope you don't mind that I did all that. No, it's quite all right. So I guess we could go straight to the story now. Okay. Okay, and this show is once again sponsored as a refuge lemma for Chaim Yosef Tzvi Ben Sarah Miriam and for a refuge lemma also for um, <clears throat> Raphael Avram Yitzchok Ben Gittel. Okay, and uh, now I would like to uh, begin this very interesting story that was sent in by Mendel Z. Actually, I don't want to call him Mendel. He's a little boy. <laughs> by this bocha called Mendel Z. I researched some of the story that you mentioned. I found some other stuff to it. So I guess we'll do a whole bunch of things. And don't forget, Rabbi Herbs, uh, remind everybody once again, your newest CD, which is called Dombrota. 1863 is available still in all your stores where uh, greater CDs, MP3, uh, CD, whatever you call them, are sold. And it's a great story, and it's breathtaking, and it's a lot going on there, and it's definitely worth your money because, oh, it's long, and it's smooth, and just like if you don't look at a clock, you don't realize how long it is because it just flows. 
Okay, now speaking about flows, can you flow back to your seat so I can continue the story? Uh, I didn't even start the story. <laughs> you try to get me to think that I interrupted you. Well, you did interrupt me from starting, so... Uh, <clears throat> okay, okay, I'll sit down and I'm going to listen. You got a new story? Uh, well, I didn't tell this one in a while. If I told it, I may have used a different title for it, but I certainly did not tell it in a while. I've told other stories from the Heilige Tzadik Rabbi Yisrael Friedman, the Regina Rebbe, but, um, I don't remember telling this particular one, so Mendizi gets the credit for sending it in to me. Uh, once again, of course, like I always tell Mendel Z, you know, because sometimes Mendel Z asks me to tell a story that he heard or read or saw, and I tell him I don't want to know who said the story because I don't want to have to show him be compared. Oh, he's better. Oh, he's not better. Oh, yeah, he's better. Uh, he left that apart. Oh, he's better. So I tell him if he likes that I should say it, he sends me the information, and if I like it, I guess I will tell it. And uh, so I researched it, and I'm going to tell most of it anyways. Okay, so here we go. All right, here we, where we going? I thought we're here for a story. You'll see. Sorry. <laughs> I'm in poor spirit, even though it's not anywhere near it. Uh, yes. Okay, so here we go. This story takes place, um, you know, in, uh, I would say, let me try to figure it out, when it was, okay, so I would assume, oh, you know what, I'll give you some background. All right, uh, let's see, okay, so the Hegel Sadek, Rabbi Yisrael Friedman of Arizin, uh, was born uh, in 1796. And he was Nifter in 1850, so he lived a total of 54 years, and uh, some uh, uh, feel that because of the suitors that he had and the burden that he carried for Klal Yisrael and so on and so forth, so it, it took, uh, you know, like a hefty toll on his heart, and uh, and finally, when he was 54 years old, 54 years old, his, his, uh, the shovel was called upon high. Very good. How do you know all that? Uh, because look at the desk. I'm looking at the desk. Where's your paper? Yossi. Oh, Yossi, you took my paper. <laughs> okay, so I'll tell this next part, too. Anyways, so uh, he was the very first and only Regina Rebbe, believe it or not. Because, even though a lot of the other Rebbe's uh, stem from Regine, but uh, his sons and his grandsons founded different, uh, you know, dynasties. You know that? Uh, for example, um, they all call themselves from the, the House of Regine, you know. Uh, uh, but, but, you know, like, uh, there is uh, the, there is the Bohosh Rebbe, the Bayana Rebbe, the Chortikov Rebbe, the Syatin Rebbe, the Sadigera Rebbe, and the Stefan Rebbe, you know. Uh, and then there were the founders from Vizhnitz and Square, and I, I, I could go on and on. <laughs> You're going on and on. Okay, anyways, now, this Heilige Tzaddik is very important to understand about what he was about. First of all, he was a very big Tzaddik, and he didn't, he didn't care about any really worldly things. And many people think he did, you know, because, for example, you know, he, he had a fancy-schmancy house, 
and and it was like regal, you know, like very kingly, very um, majestic, and everything, uh, splendid furnishings, you know, and even that the 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 the, the carriage that he rode in, you know, that that wagon, it was like a silver handled carriage, you know what I mean? Uh, and he had, I know, four white horses. And he was accompanied by an entourage of attendants, and they were wearing golden yarmulkes. Actually, he wore, uh, well, yeah, 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 he wore like a golden stylish yarmulke. And uh, the clothing he had also had golden buttons. And his children also dressed in, like, noble ways and everything like this. And although this type of dress is not usual for Hasidic leaders, but this Rebbe was accepted by many of the leading other rabbis around in that area of Ukraine and all about. And because, you know, Regine was... I know, Regine was in, in Ukraine. Right. Anyway, so, um, you know, like, uh, he, he was accepted and uh, other Hasidic rabbis accepted him. So uh, he wanted that people should realize and elevate Hashem's glory uh, and, and and you know like uh, you know like a tzaddik has to present himself not for himself but for the sake of Hashem and so on and so forth and the people should feel to uh, lean towards serving a Baruch better and better. So therefore, uh, it was like that. Uh, can, can I tell everybody about his shoes and everything? Oh, uh, you mean about the the shoes that he wore, like the goldenish shoes? Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, like like uh. Uh, he had like uh, a very extravagant boots. You know what I mean? Um, oh, let me think. Well, let me think. Let me think. You're thinking, or you're looking back at my paper? <laughs> come on. You know, we've been friends for a long time. You know that even though if you're friends for a long time, you know you can't use someone else's stuff, and you can't say, "Well, he's my friend. He won't mind." You know, you have to really ask permission first. Okay. Can I look at it? Yes, yes, you can look at it. So the Regina Rebbe taught, uh, uh, you know, th uh, th you know, like he, he you know, he taught uh, Hasidus, and of course, that means uh, you know to follow Hashem's ways with love and song and warmth and everything. Anyhow, so um, uh, you know, like uh, he used to wear nice clothing and everything. And one time, uh, they they went outside to do... Kislevana, I remember that one. You were there? No, no, not really. But I mean, but you're like, he went to do Kislevana and he was wearing his, you know, like his solid gold boots, you know, that was studded with some diamonds in it, you know, and everything like that, you know, because if people saw him royally, he was saying that Mirza Shemu Mashiach comes, boy, you're going to have to treat him really royally, you know, things like that. But he never did any of this for his own covet. You see, because his Hasidim noticed that as he was walking back after the Kiddush Lavana, they saw some blood in the snow. Aha. Now, now, everybody out there, don't get scared. <laughs> Nobody died, chas v'shalom over there. Uh, just that, uh, you know, you know, so tell them already. Uh, okay. So they discovered that at the bottom of his feet... Hey, hey, Shmir, look at this. You notice every time the rabbi walks, do you see what's happening over there? I give his blood over there. He scratches himself. He cuts himself. He, there's no soul on the boots. The rabbi pains himself. 
he himself suffers for himself to get himself not to think of Gaiva Khashfusholim and also to humble himself before Akadish Barhu. But he wants for COVID a Torah people should recognize the royalty of, 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 of this thing. Very interesting, very, very interesting. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, so the Regina, by the way, you know who his grandpa was? Well, I know that he was a great grandson from the Ms. Richard Margaret. Yeah, 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 yeah. And also he was a, like a grandson from the Opterov, yeah, the Opterov, right, right, right. Uh huh. Yes, he was. And a very uh, big yichas. Okay. Anyhow, so now there was a thing that, you know, like Esav Sinus Yaakov, but it doesn't say that Yaakov Sinus Esav. And that's because Yaakov has no reason to hate Esav. There's nothing to be jealous of. But Yaakov has a lot to be jealous. Yeah, I know. Uh, yeah, plenty. Right. And so at that time in Ukraine and Russia, the Tsar was Tsar Nikolai. Right. So Tsar Nicholas, known as Nikolai, I guess. Uh, anyways, so uh, he was not a friend of the Eden. Uh, anyways, so, uh, you know, he, he, like, what happens is, is that uh, he, he was uh, a little bit of jealous. But how did he get jealous? Because they were masculine. You know, the uh, members of what they used to call the Jewish Enlightenment Movement. The ones who are, like, taking Torah and trying to modernize it and stop keeping uh, halachas and traditions and so on and so forth. And they didn't like it that the Regina Rebbe was trying to stop them. So, what happened was is, they plotted against him and tried to have the Rebbe down. Uh, you mean like a downfall? Right, right. They put the Rebbe down. I mean, they didn't fight him, but I mean, like... So, um, they, they, you know, it was very interesting that some people got together and they obviously were very upset with Jewish informers. There were two Jewish informers. You know, like a Misa, right? The one who, uh, you know, like a Minotauri and all that, uh, gave over a year to, 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 the, to the Goyim, right? That's right. So, anyways, there were these two Mises who were working for the Maskilim. And what happened was they were saying very bad things and they were trying to get the river down and some people got very upset and uh, before they could do a lot of harm, they were killed. And of course, it wasn't the river that did it. That's for Shalom. But nonetheless, the Maskilim started thinking, Oh, this is great. You see what's going on here? <laughs> This is fantastic! Do you realize what we have here? <laughs> we now have ammunition! We can start an investigation! And sure enough, there was a two-year investigation of the murder of these two Jewish informers. And eventually, the Tsar had the governor, who was the general, you know, in those days, they used to put a general to be a governor of Shtetlach or cities and things like that. So the governor general of Badichev, uh, he, you know, he, he accused him and says, I'm hereby arresting you on the charges that you uh, were very complicit in the murders of these two informers. And of course, the Tsar had the Rebbe put in a jail. First, he put him in the place called Denovitz. In a town of Dunovich, he put him in jail over there. 
And there, the Rebbe was there for seven months. And of course, the Rebbe never gave up his head from guy. Never gave up. And knew that everything that Hashem does is for the best and so on and so forth. And maybe, you know, in some ways, you know, like when people see a Rebbe that was physical like him and had so many followers and everything and, and, and mommies like this and some people say, look how he's suffering yet. No, he's, they watch him and they say, wow, look how stark he is in the moon and betochen. Look how he trusts in Hashem that everything is for the best. Wow, what a tzaddik he is. That's right. That's exactly how they look at him. Anyway, so he was there for seven months and then he imprisoned him in Kiev for another 50 months. Altogether, basically, he was 22 months in jail. Now, mind you, they were trying to make a decision to uh, to exile, uh, you know, him. I think that uh, the court should exile him. I am the Tsar, Tsar Nicholas, and I say that we should uh, ex exile him to Siberia. But maybe he should be exiled to Caucasus in Siberia. And of course, they couldn't make up their mind yet. But meanwhile, no formal charges could be put against him because they couldn't find any real evidence. They never really had even a trial. They just put him in jail. All right. Anyways, so what happened was is around um, February, I think it was in 1840, right? 1840, whatever it was. And it was like around Shushan Purim in the year 5,600. The Rebbe was suddenly released. Now, there are those that say because other countries and other things try to put pressure on the Tsar to release the Rebbe because he's a great following and he doesn't, there could be Chas Shalom, a big uprising. But the Tsar said to himself, I'm telling you that this Rabbi is going to make an uprising. It's not possible that there shouldn't be an uprising. This is not good for it. Ay, ay, ay. What are we going to do? What we are going to do? Ay, 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 ay. Hey. All right, all right. You know, because look at the way he is. He thinks he's a king. Look the way he dresses and everything. But, sir, you notice that his golden boots have no soles. They, what? Yes, they have no souls. Why did he not have a soul? I don't know exactly, but they say he's a humble person, and he does all of this for the sake of heaven. He's only putting royalties so people, the Jewish people should realize that they should not become depressed while they are in, uh, what do they call it, the Golut uh, exile. You know, and they should, uh, you know, cheer up because... When the day comes that uh, Moshiach comes, then of course they'll be elevated and they should realize what royalty is, true royalty. That's what it is. I think it's more than that. I think he's trying to uh, make me uh, lose my position here. I think he wants to overthrow the government. Are you sure you're not jealous of him? <laughs> me jealous? I'm the czar. What could be uh, less than that? Ah, I, I see. Okay. And so, sure enough, the Tsar was always looking for what to do. So, when the Tzaddik, when the tzaddik 
uh, Rabbi Yisrael of Rezin was released from prison, he was given specific instructions. And these were his instructions. All right. You are to tell the rabbi that he is under house arrest. You understanding? <laughs> yes, put guards all around. And sure enough, there were guards all around. And Hasidim would come to try to see him. Excuse me, pardon me. Um, 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 you know, um, I like your Purim costume. Are you here to see the rabbi? You're going first? I'm not here to see the rabbi. I am a soldier. I am from the royal army. I am a royal guard from the Tsar's army. I'm here to guard the rabbi from escaping and going away. He is under house arrest. Uh, I'm sure he could use arrest, yeah. Yeah, you made a bilbul against you for over 22 months, yeah? Sure, 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 sure. Uh, could I come in to see the rabbi? I'm sorry, no. You might be plotting against him. You cannot do this. But I need to see the rabbi. I, I need to ask him for a bracha. I don't know what the brachka is, but you cannot go in. Out! Get away from here! Schnell! Wait! Wait! Schnell? That's German. What are you doing? Uh, uh quickly! Oh. All right, that's close enough. All right, anyways. Uh, okay. And of course, other Hasidim tried to go also. Excuse me, pardon me. Uh, are you guarding the door? Okay, uh, could you knock on the door for me and please tell the rabbi I want to come in. Hello, rabbi. I have to go in to see you. I need a bracha. My daughter became a kala. I would like everything to go smoothly and everything. Hello, rabbi. Can I see you? Hey, sorry, you cannot be here. Get away from the door now. And sure enough, the Rebbe secretly had a meeting with some very interesting town people that managed to sneak in. It doesn't say how, but I'm assuming might be through the window. And the Rebbe said, Where are boys side? This is not very good. I cannot be here, and my Hasidim should not be able to see me. They need me. So we have to get away from here. We cannot stay here. Let us go and, uh, you know, let us go to Kishnev. To Kishnev is a much better place here because I think that the governor in uh, Kishnev is much nicer than the Tsar. So uh, we have to get out of here. But how are we going to do that? I think in such a case like this, it would be permitted to bribe the guard. But sir, if we don't bribe the guard, we can always um, we can always uh, distract them. Whatever it is, I will have my family ready. All right, let's go. And sure enough, the night was planned, and secretly in the night they managed to. Again, there's one version of that. They bribed the guard. Another version is they distracted the guard, or the rebbe went out the back way, whatever it was. And slowly but surely, he made his way to Kishinev. And that's where he stayed. And the governor over there said, Excuse my pardon, mate. But I'm sorry. This rabbi is supposed to be under house arrest. <laughs> under house arrest. So tell me, Mr. Guard, uh, 
How does uh, these gold coins sound? How about some of these golden rhinoceros over here? Uh, Does this sound good to you? I mean, what do you say? Um, Of course, if the rabbi, the holy rabbi, wants to see people, I won't stop him. Uh, Thank you. As long as it keeps raiding this this special uh, kind of material from from your hands. (laughs) And sure enough, he was able to stay there in Kishniev for a while. And there... You know, like they were a little bit more lenient and his family joined him, of course. Now, uh, I know I said before... I know what you said. You said he went with his family, but of course it was understood that if we all left together, you know, he had a good number of kids, at least six or something like that. Otherwise, if they went together, then that would be, you know, like attracting attention. So he went first and then they followed. Oh, okay, it's pretty understandable. I think everybody can catch on to that, right? Okay, Uh, everybody, uh, you, you agree on that? I think they said yes. Okay. Well, how do you hear them if they're on the other side of the radio? Um, um, I got radio earrings. Okay, I mean, uh, earrings. I mean, really, earrings? Did I say earrings? Uh, uh, it sounded like that. I, I mean, hearings. Radio hearing. <laughs> it rhymes. Okay. All right, anyways, uh, um, uh, go, 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 go ahead, continue. Well, anyways, the Tsar was getting upset. So, tell me. Is this rabbi humbling himself? Is he begging that I should treat him nicely? <laughs> so, here, what is uh, going on with the rabbi? Eh? Can you tell me? Maybe. Well, yeah, is he getting humble? Is he realized that I am the one in charge? I'm not sure, but um, it seems very quiet. Nobody is trying to go see him there in the regime. But maybe he goes somewhere else. You better check on it. And sure enough, the Reverend realized that it's not good for him to be in Kishniev either too long. All right, it's because, you know, um, it, it's not very good. So therefore, what happened was is, he would bribe uh, the, uh, 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 why don't we just do it, okay? Hello there, hello there, Mr. Governor of uh, Kishnir. How are you, how are you, how are you? I'm, uh, well, <laughs> as long as it keeps raining. Uh, but if you know, um, the government is giving orders uh, to uh, to arrest and, uh, you know, whatever, you know what I mean? Uh, uh, they, 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 want, um, uh, they, they want you to be under house arrest and everything. So what are you going to do? Uh, well, we were thinking like this. It would be a very nice idea if you provide the rebel with an exit visa to go to Moldavia. Okay, now, uh, the, the rabbi will go uh, to Moldavia, and therefore he will be safer over there, okay? So, uh, you know what I mean? And from Moldavia, we'll figure out a way how to cross the border into Austria, okay? Well, good luck in trying to become a citizen there. And it just so happens that just Pinklach, just as 
the Rebbe was leaving Kishniav, the government orders for his arrest and deportation uh, arrived. But it was too late. The Rebbe made it to Lassi, if I'm pronouncing it right. And Lassi was the capital of Moldavia. And the Hasidim obtained for him a travel pass. Rebbe, Rebbe, look what I managed to do. <laughs> Yaakov taught very well that, that, you know, when you're in trouble, you just bribe me some. <laughs> well, it worked, it worked, it worked. Rebbe, I have for you and, and your family is very interesting. Uh, uh, we have a travel pass for you to cross the border into Austria. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. And of course, it was an international thing about people trying to fight for the Rebbe's freedom and so on and so forth. Anyways, there was also not just Hasidim working out, but throughout Europe. <coughs> there were many, many people petitioning Hasidim, non-Hasidim, Everybody was petitioning for the government officials, and even Galochim were trying to save the Rebbe from extradition and exile, because, of course, the Tsar wanted him to come back to Russia and go to Siberia. Of course. But anyways, the Rebbe was moving town to town, and he passed Shatsk in Bukhavnia, and uh, that was belonging to uh, Austria, coupling and so Anyways, bottom line is, the Rebbe settled in Sadiguria. Yes, the Rebbe settled down in Sadiguria. And that's where one of his sons would become the Sadiguria Rebbe. Anyways, so, and uh, Sadiguria is in Bukovin, uh, Buka, Buka, Bukavena. Yeah, right, uh, right. Anyways, uh, uh, you know, and uh, that area, Sadagira, was uh, home to the second largest Jewish community in Austria after Chernowitz. Or, if I'm pronouncing it, Ch Ch uh, Chemowitz, sorry. <laughs> these pronunciations of all these names. Well, it's not your fault. You weren't born there. Right, right. Anyways, now, what eventually would happen is that they needed citizen papers for the Rebbe because otherwise the Tsar would keep trying. I want you to work on it. Get that rabbi to be extradited back here to Russia. I want to send him to Siberia. I'm so jealous of him. What should you do? And of course, that was the situation. So they were working very, very hard. And then it was found out that 40 years before that, there was a boy a 10-year-old boy named Yisrael Donenfeld. And he disappeared without a trace. Never found, never heard of ever again. And of course, the Rebbe was able to present himself because it was a case as a Konestafoshis. I don't follow all the halachas. I mean, I follow halachas. I know what you mean. Like, you don't know the whole pretense of whatever it is, but because you're not as great as the Regina Rebbe and all the other tzaddikim that were around to help Paskin, that he was allowed to do the following uh, act of deception because it was to save his life, right? So Konestafoshis. Uh, right, sort of, yeah. Okay, so anyways, so what happened was like this. The Rebbe uh, was able to take the identity and say that he, because he wasn't lying totally, because his name was Yisroel, 
And he said that he was the long-lost Israel that disappeared so many years ago. And there were eight men who testified. Of course, they were Hasidim. And they testified and showed proof that he had 20,000 crowns for his support. The crowns means not the crowns you put on your head. Crowns was the type of money that they had over there. Anyway, so he had money and he was able to buy a property. And of course, these witnesses testified that the Rebbe was born in Sadegaria, in Sadeguria, which is called Sadeguria. Anyways, and he received citizen papers. And once he received citizen papers, he was able to, um, I guess if you want to say it, he was able to stay in Sadegaria for the rest of his life. And he was not, um, he was not accessible to the Tsar Nicholas anymore. He could not extradite him because he's now officially a citizen of Austria. Wow, is that the end of the story? No. What do you mean? Because, uh, uh, I mean, that's the part that he said? Well, actually, no. I'm getting to that now. Now, the story that I'm about to tell you that Mendel Z sent me has to do with that time period that when he was that uh, is when he was um whatchamacallit whatchamacallit uh, you know, when he was in uh how would you call that place over there i don't know what you're trying to get uh yeah well while he was inside the guria oh while he was inside the guria what about it well you see uh while he was inside the guria until they managed to, you know, get all the paperwork done and prove that he was like Yisrael's, uh, you know, that person Yisrael, okay? So, um, that, Yisrael, what's his name again? Danifel. Yeah, right, right, okay. So, you know, it took a little while. So, in between then, something very interesting happened. There was a Moscow. Uh-oh, from the Enlightenment people. That's right. I guess they'll be called reformers, conservatives, Meshubin, Echais, whatever, whatever it is. It certainly wasn't authentic Torah. And, of course, their goal was like any... I know, just like a person who does something wrong. Uh, you know, like, let's say there's a boy and let's call him a Shimon. Okay, and Shimon does something wrong, and he knows the Rebbe's gonna catch him or something like that. So what he does is he tries to take Ruvain along with him. And this way, if he gets caught, uh, it was Ruvain's fault. Uh, he was doing it too. Uh, and they go back and forth like, and they, they go back and forth like this, and, and it becomes, you know, they think that they won't get punished, but they get both punished. <laughs> I mean, I should be laughing, right? Uh, no, but it was funny the way you said it, that's all. Okay, anyways, you are so right. So now, this Meshumid, um, Mendel Z just called him a Meshumid, a, uh, Maskil. He didn't give him a name. So I don't want to just keep calling the Meshumid said, the Meshumid said, the Meshumid. So we're going to give him a name, uh, that his name really was Mechoel. And then he changed his name to Michael. His secular name to Michael. To Michael. Okay, and what about him? Well, let's go follow him and see what's going on. 
All right, that's cool. Okay, um, 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 uh, are you ready over there? You Mishumud, yo-ho, Michael, are you ready? Hiya, don't you worry about me. I'm as ready as can be. <laughs> Alrighty, now let's see. I've been at this for a good number of years, and I've been one of the people trying to get uh, the Rebbe to change his ways, uh, but he's fighting us tooth and nail. We're trying to get his Hasidim to give up the Hasidus. Wow, now how are we supposed to do that if he opposes us all the time? Ah, <laughs> uh, let's see. You know, I go out in the public spheres, you know. I go into the squares, the spheres, whatever it is, Christ, whatever. I go to fears, I go all over the place, and I go over and I tell everybody, I say, everybody, listen to me, and I get some people listening to me, but you know, I need to uh, undo, because after that happens, Talmudim from the Rebbe come, and sometimes it's not just the Rebbe's Talmudim, but other people come, and they go over, and they uh, talk to these people, and they undo what I do. So I'm not getting that many people changing to become masculine. So what can I do about this? <laughs> I was just wondering. Huh, I'm thinking to myself, what can I do? I'm thinking and thinking. What can I do? And then I thought about it for a little more than a half a second. And I realized I gotta write a book. Yeah, I gotta write a book. I'll publish a book. <laughs> I'll print it. I am here staying in the perfect place because my little place where I am living right now is called Shinovitz, the shtetl of Shinovitz. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know something, that raw boy is really special. I mean, he's, he's got a yichas kamayo, you know. His great-grandfather was the Masritza Magid. One of his grandfathers is the Zalatza Magid. And the other one is the Abderam. I'm telling you. I mean, you know, he's got a lot going for him. But I can stop him. I just gotta write this book. But wait a minute. If I'm writing this book, why on earth would anybody want to buy this book? I mean, who am I? Michael? <laughs> uh, a former yid that sees the light? Nah, somebody special got it. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I heard from my... <laughs> My informants tell me that the Rashina Rebbe is here in Sadaguria, but he doesn't have citizen papers yet. <laughs> so that means I could threaten him if I want. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You know what? I'll get him to sign my book. And, uh, what do they call it in Hebrew? I haven't been in a while. Haskama, right. Let him put his Haskama to the book. Yeah, let him authorize and say it's a great book. 
and then if so, two things will happen. <laughs> the first thing is, the Hasidim will buy it because if their Rebbe says a good book and he signed his name to it, <laughs> of course they'll buy it. Yeah, and then I'll get a lot of people going off the Derek HaTayra and they'll be like me. Yeah, and then the other thing is, you buy my book, I'll become rich. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm gonna do. Yeah, if he doesn't want to sign, I know what to do. And so, sure enough, this here man, this Russia Shemarusha, this here Michael, that's what we're calling him now, and this Michael went over and he traveled. It was about, if you go by a horse and a wagon, it's about an hour and a half from Shinovitz uh, uh, all the way to Sadigurup. And there was a, like a river in between, and it was like a bridge, a wooden bridge of some sort. And it wasn't the most dirtiest thing, but that's what you had to travel. And so he went with his wagon, and he took a satchel, and he traveled across. Oh, wait, wait a second, a little sound effect. That's the horses going across the bridge. And the wagon, was it a sturdy wagon? Oh, I don't know. Okay, if it was a sturdy wagon, going, and if it was a, like a bumpy wagon, it went, okay, we got it in. Uh, you forgot the horses. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm a little horse over there. Yeah, I noticed. Okay, anyhow, so um, he traveled there, and he got to the Heiligen Regina. And of course, he made himself look like Mr. Nice Guy, knocks on the door, and the shamus is there. And the shamus, I don't know if it's his real name or not, but uh, Mendel Z called him Shammai Hagabai. That's what people call him. Shammai Hagabai. Yes, may I help you, sir? What can I do for you? <laughs> what can you do? I need the rabbi. I want him to give a haskama on my newest safer. Huh? Okay, one second. Eh, uh, one second. Hi, little Rebbe. So do I yid. He says his name is Mechoyer, and he wants to, to get, look over his safer and give him uh, a haskuma to his safer. So what does the Rebbe say? What does the Rebbe say? Uh, please, send him in. And let's see what this is about. Oh. Hello there, rap boy. Hello, hello, hello. One second. Something not right about you. I don't see you wearing tzitzis. That's right, Rabbi. I'm not. One second. What is this? I have a safer for you to look at. A safer? You're not wearing tzitzis and you give me the safer? What is this? And of course... The Regina Rebbe opened it up and began looking at it. What? Oi, wait! And he threw it onto the table. <clears throat> Take this out of here! This is schmutz! This is tumor! Take it out of here! It's happy curses! Get it away from here! <laughs> Take it away! <laughs> rabbi, Rabbi, calm down, calm down. Now you listen to me very carefully. I need you to go over and sign this book and say that it's good. Because if you do that, <laughs> you know what's going to happen. <laughs> I'm going to make a lot of money. So you're helping me out. 
and you're the rabbi, and you like to help people out. But this book is going to do worse than that. It's going to poison the minds of Yiddish and Hashomis. I cannot have you do this. I'm sorry, I will not sign it. Please take this book. It's a safer. It's not a safer. It's a book. Take it out of here. And please leave my room. I don't want my room to have this tumor. Out, out, out. Please, schnell, schnell. Rabbi Herzogzi, I am not going anywhere. Do you understand? I am not going anywhere until you sign this book. Okay? And I want you to give your scum and say it's a good book. So this way your Hasidim will read it. And then they will go away from you, this guy? No. I'm sorry. I will not sign your book. Rabbi, Rabbi, you know I have other methods to make you sign this book. I really can make you sign it if I wanted to. I, you cannot twist my arm. I will not, chas v'sholem, sign this book. Rabbi, Rabbi, Rabbi. Try not to make a nether like that because you're not going to be able to keep it. You see, because if I want you to sign this, you're going to sign this. Are you threatening me? <laughs> you know, the Tsar likes you a lot. He likes you in his prison. <laughs> and lately, he has thoughts of having you go to Siberia. You know what I mean? If he finds out you're here in Sadagurya, <laughs> you know what he's going to do, right? I'm not interested in your threats. <laughs> I'm sure you'll be interested in my threats. Because, you know, I'm going to give you about a week or so to think about it, you know? And if you don't come up with the right decision to do and sign my book and say it's a good book and people should read it and this way I can go to print, then I'm afraid I'm going to go to the saw. And then the next thing you know, by the next day, because it's not so far, next day he's going to send the military police. They're going to come over here. And they're going to arrest you and take you back with your whole family in chains. And then they'll make a new trial and you're going to go to Siberia. Okay, so it's either that or you sign my book. Give you a little more than a week. Goodbye, rare boy. <laughs> and so this person left. Wow, Robbie Herbs, he is really mean. Such a chutzpah. How could he talk to a tzaddik like that? Ah, oh, you're right. He shouldn't be talking to a tzaddik like that. It's wrong for him to talk to a tzaddik like that. And he's going to suffer for it. But, as you know... Can we tell a happy ending story? Right. So anyway, so let me go on and tell you what happened next. So, there was a chassid of the Rebbe. He didn't live so close by. But he heard that the Rebbe was now in Sadegaria. This person, oh, I made a mistake before. Did I say, ay, ay, ay. Uh, let me retract that. I was looking at the wrong paper. Yeah, see, next time, when you put my papers back over here, could you put them in the order that I had it? I'm sorry, what did I do wrong? Well, by mistake, I said that that uh, the Regina Rebbe was a grandson of Rabbi, uh, uh, of, of the Zlotcha uh, Magid, and the Abderav, but that's not so. He was a great-grandson from the Mizritcher Magid. Uh, okay, so he's not a grandson? No, no, no. This next person I'm mentioning in the story, he 
is the grandson of the Zlatcha Magid and of the Apta Rav. So I stand to be corrected. So if anybody is tuning in late, no problem, because then you have the correct version. If you're still tuned in and you thought I made a mistake, you're right. I did. And I'm being Maida. Wow, Rabbi Eric, that's such a great lesson. Because if you Maida when you make a mistake, then you can correct it. Right? That's right. That's a very important lesson in life. To never be afraid to correct your mistakes. Of course, you should try not to make mistakes. But if it happens, you should uh, be made on it. Because if you're not made on it, you never correct your mistakes. So, let me rephrase that. Okay, so new person coming into the story now is a person named Rav Yosef Taparov. And Rav Yosef Taparov, he was the anical of the Zalacha Magid and of the Apta Rav also known as the Apta Rebbe. Okay, and uh, he was traveling and he came to Sadigera. And he was coming. Well, 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 here I am. Baruch Hashem, I made it. I do business here and there. And I pass by. And from my sources, I found out that the Rebbe is here in Sadigera. Okay, also known by us Yidin as Sadigera. Okay, so you know what? I'm going to go see the Heilige Regina Rebbe. Oh, let me go through the base of Medrash door here. Okay, and let me just walk here a bit. Oh, okay. Um, all right. Uh, yeah, there he is. Hey, Shammai Hagabai, how are you? Baruch Hashem, Baruch Hashem. Ah, Rabbi Yosef, I almost didn't recognize you. <laughs> Rabbi Yosef Taparov, how are you? How are you? How are you? Baruch Hashem, Baruch Hashem, Baruch Hashem. So, uh, you know, I've been traveling through, and I traveled a long way, and I want to go and see the Rebbe. Can I go see him? And there's a little problem. You see, the Rebbe's door is closed, and he doesn't want to see anybody. The rabbi closed himself up in his room now. It's almost two weeks he closed himself up in his room. Ay, ay, ay. Well, what's wrong? What's the matter? He's not saying. I don't know what it is, but he's not talking. He's not saying what it is. Ay, ay, ay. Well, listen here. Uh, Shammai, Hagabai, you know that I traveled a very long distance to see the rabbi. And I'm not going to just turn back without seeing the rabbi. I am sure that the Rebbe will see me. Uh, excuse me, I would like to knock on the door. But he's not seeing anybody. He turned on everybody. I'm not just everybody. I'm Rebbe Yosef Taparov. Ich bin an Einikel from the Zalacha Magid and the Abderov. So if you don't mind, I'll knock on the door. Uh, uh, okay, but I, I don't say I didn't want you. I'm sure you did. Okay. Huh? Somebody's knocking on the door? Hey. I haven't seen people in a long while. Uh, <coughs> <coughs> Who is there? Heilige Tzadik, Heilige Rebbe, it's me, Rabbi Yosef, and you know, Rabbi Yosef uh, Taparov. Rabbi Yosef Taparov, ah, you traveled a long way. Okay, I will let you inside. Oh, I don't know what you did, but you got him to let you in. Right again, right again. Okay. <laughs> Uh, if he tells you to leave, don't blame me. Don't worry about it. 
Well, let me just get in here. Ah, Shalom Aleichem, Rebbe, how are you? How are you? Morach uh, Hashem, because everything that the Irish does is git. Everything Hashem does is good. You know that. Even something is bad, we say, So, we have a shtickle problem here, and I really don't want to talk about it, but I know that you came and traveled this whole way. So to you, I can reveal the problem. And of course, he told over the whole entire problem. So, Rebel, you're telling me that this person, Rabbi Yais, I mean, uh, this person, uh, what did you say his name was? And he calls himself Michael. He used to be Michoel. Ah, yes. So he's saying this Michael character goes around spewing bad things, happy curses, and everything like this. Well, you know, uh, what's the big deal if he writes a book? I mean, you don't want to go back, chas v'sholem, to jail, and then end up Siberia. So what's the big deal? If you write us, come, anybody with brains will realize it's not a safer for Eden. Everybody will realize that he bribed you, uh, and chas v'sholem, the Rebbe doesn't take bribe. I mean, he threatened you. Everybody will realize that. They realize what he's coming from. Uh, so what's the big deal if he writes a book? He stands up in the middle of the squares all the time in the middle of town squares and he speaks about uh, his, his junk that he has in his books, his apicurses. So what's the difference if he has it in a book? There's a lot of difference. You see, when the time comes and he is nifta, he'll be lying in his cave. He'll be lying in his cave. But the book, if he writes it and succeeds and it has my signature in it, it will go on for years and years and generations, and it will stare, it will ruin, it will ruin Yiddish and Neshamas. We can't allow it. I know what you must do. The Rebbe is capable when he reaches a high madrega to, I don't want to use it, I don't want to chas v'sholem put the terms in front of you, but everybody knows you are shtikl balmaifus. You have this ability to summon and call upon Hashem. And he answers your tefillahs. So why don't you have this person lie in his cave? You can have him lie in his cave now. And then he won't be able to publish the book. Ah, yes. I can do that. But until that happens, he will come over here and he's going to threaten me again. And he's going to go to the Tsar. And then the army of police are going to come to arrest me. But Rebbe, I have an idea. Why doesn't the Rebbe go over and uh, let him bring... Uh, the book here for you to sign and let him think about it and the Rebbe will be mispalled that he should end up lying in his grave before the time comes that he should be able to print you know something I hate to admit it but based on a Sach Gemuras ah yes 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 I think in this case you are right alright do me a favor I want you to do a Shlech Mitzvah want you to go to uh, to the place of Shinovitz and find this Michael and tell him I'm ready to sign. Yes, and we'll put a stop to this. All right. Very good. I will go. And sure enough, as enough for sure, uh, he went all the way to Shinovitz. And he went into Shinovitz, Shinovitz, whatever it's pronounced. If you say with a Yiddish accent, it's Shinovitz. If you say with American accent, it's Shinovitz. But anyways, he went to Shinovitz. And he went and knocking on that Mishumid's door. <laughs> Who was knocking at my doors here? 
Let me see. <laughs> Ow! You! I remember seeing you around. One second. You don't come often, but you do come. Uh, you're that businessman. Uh, uh, what's your name again? Yosef uh, Toporov, right? So Yosef Toporov. Yes, that's my name. <laughs> All right, so what can I do you here for? Ah, wait a minute. Don't tell me. The rap boy sent you? Ah, he doesn't want to go to Siberia. <laughs> he doesn't want to go to jail. So he sent you to call me? He's ready to sign? Yes, he's ready to sign. So what do you say? Are you ready to come? You go on ahead of me, and I'll just repair my book. And I'll get my horses hitched to the wagon, and I'll be on my way. <laughs> At last, my plan worked. I know I got that rabbi. He's getting too old for this stuff to run back and forth from town to town. <laughs> and sure enough, what he ended up doing was he went over and, of course, he went and he stuffed his bag with the book that he wanted to sign. And then he was going to have all of this stuff printed with his Haskoma printed in it also as well. And so he crossed the bridge. And he ended up coming to Sadigura. And he came to the Rebbe, knocked on his door. The door is open. Come inside, Michoel. <laughs> you can call me Michael now, since we uh, know exactly what you're going to do. So here is my book here. And make sure you sign your name. Yes. It's been the only time I sign my name in one of your books. And what are you saying? Nothing. Just let me sign here. Okay, here we go. Let me defend in the ink. Okay, there you go. Wow. <laughs> Our ink is dry. Now the uh, printer will be able to copy this letter and print it in all my books. People will buy it, and not only will I win your Hasidim over, but I will become rich at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. Okay, go, go. And of course, as he left, the Regina Rebbe, Rabbi Yisrael Friedman, began to say a certain kapitlach and daven in a way that only he could. And this person, by the time he left, he traveled while it was still day to get there. But going home, it was getting dark. Wow, it's getting dark here. And it also looks like a cloudy night, but I know the way back. I've been here before. I'll take my horses and wagons, and I'll go across the bridge. <laughs> and sure enough, he took his horse and his wagons. Actually, horses, because he had more than one horse. He took them across. And when the horses got to the beginning of the bridge, the horses sensed it, but he didn't sense it. Horses, you know, like animals have this little instinct. And the horses realize when it stepped two steps onto the bridge that the bridge is now very rickety. And it seems to be that it looks like it could collapse any minute now. And that's what happened with the bridge. Or that's the way it looked like it was going to happen. But of course, Michael didn't see that. Come on, horses. Come on. Come on. Come on. I fed you well today. Cross that bridge. We got to get across there. So this way I get a good night's sleep, go to the printer, and start printing my book and start selling it, making a fortune, and getting this Hasidim out of Hasidus. Wow! Stop eating from keeping Yiddishkeit. Wow! <laughs> wow!
right. You're about to get punished, buddy boy. You don't start off with a rabbi. You have to have uh, a proper derecheres for the rabbanim. Yeah, yeah, especially at Sadiq like the Regina. You're going to find out what happens to you. Where's that voice coming from? Can't be. Uh, it's coming from the future. No, no, I don't hear that. Okay, okay. Uh, come on, horses. And he took his whip. And he gave a punch. Come on. And the horses shrugged their heads and he went. They didn't want to go. And he gave him a zets again. And this time, the horses were forced to go. And they started going slowly. Come on, faster. And because they went faster, that means they're trampling with their feet, their hooves, harder. And the bridge, when they got to the middle, the bridge weakened more. And suddenly you heard. And suddenly, in the deepest part of the floating river, this river was moving and it was flowing. And the deepest part of this river, the horses and the wagon fell into the wet water. Aren't you going to go? And I was going to do that, but we're running out of time. And, and so the wagon fell into the water. And of course, so did the satchel with the books. And so did the book that had the Regina's Rebbe's signature. But it would wash away. And it would sink to the bottom. Because it was a pretty thick book. And meanwhile, his body was dragged away. And he couldn't swim because of the currents of the river. Help, help, help. But nobody heard him. Because it was so late. And this Meshuman, this enlightened Yid, this Haskola Yid, this muscle, he drowned. And I'm not sure, don't understand clearly, it wasn't clear from Mendel Z if the horses drowned it also. But whatever it is, for sure, this Marusha Shemarusha drowned. And of course, this person never printed his book. And the signature of the Rishina Rebbe never made it to Haskalah's, to Amaskil's book ever again. And of course, short while after that incident, they were able to get the proper citizens and papers for the Regina Rebbe, and for the rest of his life, the Tsar, like, gritted his teeth. Oh, you got citizen papers! Now I can't uh, order extradite! Oh boy, oh boy, I can't extradite him here back to Russia! And of course, there was nothing that Nicholas could do, and the Sadegera Rebbe, actually the Regina Rebbe, remained in Sadegur for the rest of his life. And of course, if I remember correctly, he's buried in Sadegur, and one of his sons becomes the Sadegur Rebbe. Okay, so, uh, oh boy, we're out of time. Okay, it's only time to say, everybody, goodbye, have a wonderful weekend, have a good Shabbos. Goodbye, have a great Shabbos.